Hi, everyone. Welcome to Daydreamers, the official podcast of SNR. I'm your host, Julia Mazzella. I'm the Student Communications Director for Marist Fashion's 36th Annual Silver Needle Runway Show. As an extension of the SNR brand, Daydreamers, the SNR podcast is an honest conversation that will inspire you to dream big and teach you exactly how to chase those dreams with the help of a few special guests. Featuring present SNR directors who are ready to break into the industry and past SNR directors who went from Marist Fashion students to industry pros, we are taking a deep dive into their career tips and tricks. Don't quit your daydream. Take a listen. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Daydreamers, the SNR podcast. This week, we are talking the good, the bad, and the stressful career moments in our episode entitled Ups and Downs, Career Wins, and Lessons Learned. Today, I have two very special guests on with me, and they were actually both of my previous directors, Ashley Camuso and Erica Capabianco. Ashley is a Marist 2020 graduate. She was the communications director for SNR 34 and majored in fashion merchandising. During her time at Marist, she held eight internships with brands including Hearst Magazines and Victoria's Secret. She is now working full-time at Saks Fifth Avenue as their specialist of experiential learning and presentation design. Erica graduated from Marist in 2021 with a degree in fashion merchandising and public relations. She was the communications director for SNR 35 and held five internships during her time at Marist with brands like Nanette Laporte and Tom Brown. Today, she is an account coordinator at Exposure America. I had the wonderful pleasure of working with both of these ladies, and they taught me so much. They shared some great experiences on this episode, and I cannot wait for you all to hear their incredible advice. So without further ado, please enjoy episode three of Daydreamers. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks so much for having me, Julia. Of course. And also on the episode with us today is Erica, um, one of my other former directors. I'm so excited to have you on the episode as well. Thanks so much. I know I love this. It's like a, like a communications team reunion. It's perfect. I know. It's so cute. Gang is back together, guys. Yes. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, um, Erica and Ashley were two of my previous directors and also the first and second hosts of the SNR podcast. Ashley <laughs> launched the first ever SNR podcast in conjunction with SNR 34 entitled Down to Earth. Erica was the host of the SNR 35 podcast, More Than Fashion. So this episode is very, very special to me because you two have really taught me everything I know. Aw, right back at you. (laughs) Okay, so now that we've kind of reflected on that major nostalgia moment for all of us, let's get started with our first segment. So this segment is something I like to call Tell Me About Yourself. Now, basically, I'm going to ask each of you to introduce yourself with your elevator pitch. This is the fastest way to introduce yourself and show someone the highlights of your career. It's a very popular tactic we're asked to prepare as college students beginning to explore our desired industries because you never really know who you're going to meet in the elevator. Are you guys ready to get started? I'm ready. Yeah, let's go. Awesome. Erica, how about you kick us off? Hi guys, I'm Eric Capobianco. I'm a Marist Fashion 2021 alumni and I'm a fashion and wine and spirits publicist. Throughout the majority of my time at Marist, I'd say I knew I wanted to combine my love for fashion and lifestyle brands into a career in public relations. And 
really, I guess my experiences over the course of my undergraduate career to now has, has really prepared me to do so with my time with Silver Needle Runway and being on the communications team and being director, my senior year really being of no exception. So specifically during my undergrad career, I earned in-house with fashion names like Lynette Laporte and Tom Brown. I also worked in media for a little bit. I interned with Tiger Beat Magazine, and also did some freelance writing on the side with some smaller digital fashion publications, getting my work published there, as well as freelancing for a podcast out in Los Angeles, where I did podcast production, talent relations, talent booking, also helping to facilitate brand partnerships, create content for social media, and also the press office uh, for each episode that came out. And fast forward to today, I'm an account coordinator with Exposure America. We are a creative communications agency specializing in fashion, wine and spirits, and consumer clients. So some of the accounts I had the privilege to work on are Hunter Boots, Kangle, Fit Flop, Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey, Stoli Vodka, and Desplois, which is Katy Perry's new non-alcoholic aperitif, which is a super fun account to be on. And what I really love about working at an agency is that you get to work with a mix of clients and brands where primarily you are focused on getting that earned media coverage in print and digital magazines and publications, but also sort of depending on what the client is and what they want to work on, you could be doing creative activations like pop-ups, planning editor, influencer, celebrity dinners and events, brand collaborations, and of course, where the industry is really headed, which is influencer relations. And I'm sure we're going to get into all of that. I know that was a lot, but that kind of gives you a good overview of me. That was perfect. And I love that you kind of touched on where the industry is headed, because as you both know, SNR really evolved so much, especially within the times that you two were both directors as well. But moving on, how about Ashley, you give us your elevator pitch as well. Yeah, of course. Great job, Erica. I love to hear how SNR, along with the industry, has evolved. I think it's so cool. And Julia, kudos to you for really taking the head um, of SNR this year as communications director and evolving it and really rolling with the bunches. I think that says a lot about you, not only as a student, but also as someone in this industry in the future. Because, right, Erica, it's all about rolling with the bunches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say... Yeah, of course. So I think the simplest way to describe me, and I feel like anyone who knows me knows I'm a people person through and through. Um, when I look back at, I feel like the different phases of my life from the time I was a child to now, and I'm sure in, in the future as an adult, my love for people is the thread that ties them all together and always will. I was raised in a family of five women. I grew up acting on a theater stage my entire life up until college. And for a decade or maybe a little more, I worked for my mom who's in the hospitality and events industry, focusing on weddings. So I'd say like each one of those major, you know, life experiences along with many others really molded me. But I also feel like they tell the same story that I'm, I have a love for storytelling, for conversation and for like true human connection. And I feel like when I tap into those passions, I'm my best self, especially at work. I've had um, a lot of experience in the industry. I had eight internships, I believe in college. And the one, there were some that I tried out and I didn't love. And there's some that I excelled in and the ones that I excelled in really involved people and working with people and connecting and also storytelling. And yeah, so some of those were at a PR agency called Foundation, focusing on beauty um, and the wellness space. 
And then Hearst Magazines, I worked in celebrity bookings, specifically at Good Housekeeping Magazine, where I really got my footing in the industry and learned how to work with everyone from publicists to editors to the actual celebrities that we were booking. I had to book celebrities for in-book features versus covers versus events. I think it teaches you a lot about not only how to connect with people, but you know how to, how to deal with contracts and the more logistical things about the industry. But yeah, I'd so say those are probably my top two favorites. I also worked... Um, at Thrive Global, which is a, a media company doing celebrity booking. So yeah, again, any any opportunity to work with people, I really love. And that brings me to today. So I started at Saks back in April of 2021. My anniversary is coming up, actually. Um, and I started at, at the store, like right on, right, you know, in the midst of it all, um, which I'm so grateful for. I was the assistant to the store director and the office manager. So it's it's hard to explain. I really supported the executives first and foremost, especially the store director, but really I got to delve into all different areas of the store and all different areas of retail, literally from security and AP and how we deal with robberies in the store and threats, which is a really important part of retail, all the way up until how are we dealing with the president when he comes and you know, how are we how are we presenting ourselves and creating these amazing decks and presentations about our fall and spring and year vision for the presidents so that he knows, you know, as a New York store that we're on the same wavelength as the company. There were marketing events, there was merchandising, there was working with vendors, so a little mix of everything. And that brought me to my new role that I started February 1st of this year. And I've been loving it. I'm the specialist of experiential learning and presentation design. So, yeah, I won't get too much into that, but it involves a, a true mix of everything. So just like the New York store, I support the executives here, the, the president and the director of stores um, and director of merchandising with really taking their decks and their data and what they want to present to vendors and partners and, you know, up peers in the company and really helping them tell a visual aesthetically pleasing story. So I really take the data and I mine it and I make it really exciting and appealing and clear for presentations. And then I also work on engaging our talent through really cool events. Like we're having a top seller event in Miami this May and really cool programs. We have these things called high potential programs. Um, and all of that really is to help engage and grow the talent within our stores to hopefully become, you know, general managers one day or managers in their own in their own area in their own sense. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Wow, you guys are truly <laughs> fantastic, and I honestly feel like you've both just done it all, experienced it all already, and you're still just thriving in your early twenties. It's just amazing wow. to hear from you guys. As we've seen, you both have had such incredible industry experience and. As I said before, too, I've learned so much from you both over the years, and I can't wait for you guys to share some of the career tips and tricks that you shared with me to our listeners today. So oh. I would love to start our conversation on a positive note. So you both have been out of college for some time now, Erica, almost one year and Ashley, almost two. Don't remind us. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm not trying to make you feel old. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but what would you say has been your proudest moment in your career so far and why? Let's start with Erica. <sighs> I, I, I feel like it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint something that I would deem like my proudest moment because I feel like I'm, I'm really just getting started in my career and I really feel like I have, I have so much to learn. But I think in the past year, I'm particularly proud and fortunate to have moved to New York City. It's something that I've dreamt about my entire life. And I was 
really lucky that I was able to, to move just two months out of graduating college and, and really discovering my passion when it comes to my career, which I'm, I'm super fortunate again and proud that I'm able to work at an incredible agency like Exposure, which has both offices in the UK as well as New York and being surrounded by not just publicists, but also creatives who help with a lot of our uh, activations and collaborations whether it's, you know, launching a new website or planning an event and they have to come up with the the graphic design, like they're really the experts. So that's, you know, amazing just to be surrounded by people like that. And then, you know, also being able to, to work with these, you know, dream legacy brand clients. Um, and I really just feel like it's, it's really just the beginning for, for me and my career. Uh, but that's kind of what I would say almost a year out of college, which is so crazy because I feel like time goes by so fast. Um, so fast. Moment. So it's crazy. I can't believe that Julia is going to be graduating. It's, it's insane. insane. Our baby coordinator is graduating. I know. <laughs> like you said, like time really does move so fast. And I'm so proud of you for being able to pursue that dream of moving to New York City and working in fashion and public relations, just like you had dreamt of for so long. Like for me personally, and I'm sure like so many people that want to pursue fashion, that is the dream. So I'm so happy that that's been like one of your proudest moments. What about you, Ashley? Yeah, so there's been so many, so many, you know, proud moments. I'd say it's actually a recent one that I experienced. I started, as I mentioned, I started this new role in corporate a few months ago. And corporate's very different than being in the sack stores, you know, being on the floor, being in the offices in the stores. It's just a whole different environment. And it's been an adjustment. And I have to say one of my proudest moments in my career was visiting the store again a few weeks ago and walking in and being greeted by everyone from the handbag manager to literally the security director, you know, to even the janitors and, and the cafeteria workers who work in the stores. I mean, being greeted by so many of them, it was so exciting and being able to kind of be back with my store family. And I think what I loved the most was I talked to a few of them and a few of them said almost the same thing. And they were like, we miss your energy. We miss your energy. And I think I walked out of the store that day and saying like, really like, wow, it'll never be, I didn't realize anything until that moment. It'll never be you know, all of your titles and your accomplishments and all that one project you worked on 10 years ago, like it really will be your energy and, you know, the positivity and the fun, uplifting vibe that you bring to your work environment. And the fact that I can bring that to a store environment, a corporate environment, or any work environment that is usually a stressful place for people when they walk in the door. It's not always their happiest place every day, but being able to really influence people at work and and lift the energy in a stressful setting, I, I would say is... That was a really proud moment to really realize that I have that power and all of us have that power. Um, it's just a matter of how you show up every day. It really isn't like my boss says, it's not what you do. It really is how you do it and, and the energy you bring to everything. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And as me and Erica know, just from working with you and being in the same room as you and even talking with you today, you have like this incredible energy and you just like really lift people up and I love Thank that you. you're being recognized for that especially in the workspace I feel like sometimes getting that validation from other people even if it's just like a small comment here and there makes you feel prouder than when you get like this big award like you said and, or like this title and promotion and things like that totally just, I completely agree yeah just because like you see like the individual impact that you have on people I just I think yeah. that's awesome and I love that you like brought that up today 
But another milestone that I do want to touch on is your recent promotion. Congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you. Of course. And I'm sure that you were very proud of that as well. And everyone hopes to one day move up in a company, especially one that like sacks, like this, just the stature of it is just incredible. However, most people don't really know the ins and outs of obtaining a promotion. So how would you say you went about gaining this opportunity and what was it like? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for the congrats. Um, I feel like I'm just now adjusted a few months in, but I could not be happier with the role and any change in your, in your industry or in your company is a lot, but I feel like I'm finally settled and loving it and thriving. So I'm excited to share kind of that journey with you. I think when it comes to a promotion, it's so specific to the industry, not only the industry, but the job and the company and the person and your peers and who you, who you report to. But I think something that everyone can take away is, you know, how I approach things. So I'd say one, it's all about mastering your crafts. I mean, I think it's easy to go into a an internship or a a real big girl job and be like, oh my gosh, I think the marketing director role sounds so exciting or maybe I want to be a merchant, but that's in corporate. No, first master your craft, you know, whether it's not the place you want to be in or, you know, you're filing papers or the tasks are a little mundane or boring or not what you're best at, master your craft first and be so good at that those tasks that you can do them in your sleep. That's the first and foremost is to be so comfortable in your job and people will start to recognize that. Whether it takes a week, a month, or a year, people will start to recognize that. And you can only hope the right people will. And that's where I think the second part of it comes in. When I say that the right people will, I think there is, after you master your craft, I think there is a part where you can play. Um, and I think there's space to take up and and you have a voice for a reason. I think it's just knowing when to use it. So yeah, so I would say, of course, master your craft first. And then don't take conversations lightly. Like any connection you can have with someone, you know, take that seriously because you never know the wisdom that someone holds. When I was in the New York store, which is my first role at Saks, I really talked to everyone and made connections with everyone. No matter how busy I was in my day, I made sure to make a connection with the person I was working with or even someone who just passed by my desk or someone I passed by on the floor. I think a really important thing to know when you're entering the industry is, is the wisdom you can get from people is not always, it's not always the person you think you're going to get it from. Whether you're the assistant's assistant assistant or, or you're talking to the assistant's assistant's assistant or you're talking to the president of the company, I think there's wisdom to hold. So I think to gain a promotion, one master your craft to make meaningful connections, not just connections, not just, you know, transactions. Um, don't just work on, on one project with someone and never speak to them again. I think it's all about making meaningful connections after mastering your craft and really taking up space. I mean, you're there for a reason. So I think take up space and use your voice. That's all to say patience, passion, hard work, and really being a people person will get you places. And I think if you really focus on those things, then yeah, you'll get places. I always say that relationships and connections, they're not transactions, they're investments. Yeah. Um, which is basically just what sums up what Ash just said. But yeah, definitely. I love that. I think of us today, like, look at us. We we could have had one interaction in a class for four months long and you know, never speak to each other again. But we maintain those connections. And not, not out of selfish reasons. We're like, oh, we love these people. But also there's going to come a time where everyone can help you and offer wisdom. And, you know, and Julia, a great example is when I say, don't just pay attention to the president of the company or the person above you, you teach me things every day. Every time I talk to you, you teach me things. And, and you were, you know, my coordinator and Erica was my assistant, but it doesn't matter the people below you or your peers, 
or the people above you. Everyone has something to teach you and everyone can help you in some way. So I don't know, I think it's really important to, I like it, Erica, investments. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with all of that. And I think that's a really interesting way to describe how to get a promotion because, you know, you look at those things and you think that they're so unattainable, but everybody really needs to just start somewhere. And like, yeah. like you said, like mastering your craft and taking on those mundane tasks and just doing them, getting them done and just knowing how to do them in your sleep, like you said, is so important because again, yeah. you have to start somewhere and nobody ever gets anywhere by sitting down and doing nothing. And that's, Get those like, coffees. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> honestly, something huge that I took away from you in particular is like, you constantly have to be doing something to better yourself and really work towards the things that you want. They don't just get handed to you, but I love everything that you said. And I'm so happy you shared that. Thank you. I'm so happy I get to share it. No, absolutely. And I also want to touch on a fantastic opportunity that Erica had as well at your new job exposure, as you coordinated and hosted a huge event in Aspen, Colorado for one of your clients, Stranahan's Whiskey. This was a huge accomplishment for you, I'm sure. And I know just knowing you, I'm sure you're so proud of it as well. So congratulations on that. But I would love to kind of hear you elaborate on the whole experience in general and share a lesson that you maybe took away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I mean, I have to just say that, you know, without my team, I would, I wouldn't be anywhere with this event. So I, I can't say, I can't take all the credit. It, it was honestly <laughs> me, me and my incredible team, but yeah, Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey, uh, they were the client. They are based and distilled in Denver, and they were actually the first legal distillery since the prohibition, which is always like a fun fact that I always like to share when I'm talking about the client. But in our 2022 plan where, you know, for those who might be unfamiliar and kind of how we go about this is we look at our year over year goals for the client, where they want to be in the press, what they want to say, what product is coming out, what product do they want to push and how they want to be presented to the consumer. And my team came up with the idea of partnering with Hotel Jerome. It's a luxury boutique hotel in Aspen, Colorado. We were fortunate to work with them in the past on other activations. And when we were talking to them just about what was going to come up in the next year, they told us that they actually recently added a curling court in their garden. And we came up with the idea of doing a pop-up cocktail and curling court event for Opry Ski Cocktails, which mm-hmm. every, that's all the, the rage these days. And, and we would have a bar set up, we would serve complimentary bespoke cocktails uh, to those who were you know, just at the hotel, as well as inviting some really amazing local press and local influencers, you know, as well as that very high profile, very luxurious consumer that would be at the hotel. And it was really one of those moments that I, I really thought, wow, everything I did in SNR is directly applicable to this very moment. And to kind of go over some of those, I created the guest list of who would attend, again, targeting, you know, the Aspen media, like the Aspen Times, Modern Luxury Aspen, Aspen Daily News, as well as some really amazing Aspen and Denver, Colorado influencers. We gave them a private whiskey tasting of the four core straight hands expressions from the whiskey specialist who came in from the distillery to present. Um, and that was just amazing also to hear someone else who's with the product every day kind of explain all of the, the tasting notes and the smells and the nose, like 
all of these little nuances that I had no idea existed in, not even just in the whiskey industry, but also just in the wine and spirits industry. And they also received a gift as well. And from there, I pitched the event to local press to kind of garner local consumer awareness, driving people to the event, which I know we did so much with SNR collaborating with Hudson Valley outlets to make sure that when the fashion show, I know it probably is this year, open to the public for them to come in. And then for on-site operations, I secured a vendor for our bar rental that would fit the really unmatched, beautiful aesthetic of Hotel Jerome and also, you know, speak to the brand. I did all of the signage. I worked with a printing vendor up in the city, sourced and did all the decor. And I also created a run of show for the whole weekend, which basically outlined because not only was I working obviously with the client, but also with the Hotel Jerome's event team and, you know, telling everyone where they should be, what they should be doing and when they should be doing it down to the seconds of that weekend. It was only an Aspen for I think less than 48 hours, but like every minute of that trip was, was locked into that front of show. And I was, you know, I was super fortunate to be asked to be the only team member uh, to be on the ground that weekend. And I'm only an account coordinator and that's, you know, the entry level position at an agency. So that was a huge honor and all so it was a big opportunity because I'd only been with the agency for two months, essentially. And, and they were like, hey, we're, we're going to fly you out to Aspen and, and you're basically going to do this event. But I, you know, again, I have to give credit to my team, the head of HR at Exposure, Rachel. I don't know if she's listening. She probably isn't, but I'm going to send her this episode. They really supported me to make this all possible. So um, I, I guess the, the lesson is, is that everything that you've, learned in college and in your internships. I promise it's all going to make sense once you're in the industry, especially with SNR. That sounds absolutely fantastic. And I had no idea that you were the only team member on the ground. Like, oh my God, that's huge. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. That's amazing, Erica. And I love how you connected everything back to SNR. Yeah. Because Julia, right now you're probably like, yep, I did. I'm doing that. I'm doing yep. that. Yeah, just on it just it on didn't another. Feel like, no, like it was funny. Like somebody on my team was like, "Okay, do you need do you need me to walk you through how to do run a show?" I'm like, "No, no, no, I got this." No. Like I could do it like the back of my hand. Yeah, but it was amazing. <laughs> like, it, it was great to be there because I I really got to make great connections with with the editors there, the Hotel Jerome team, which I know we're going to be partnering with in the future. It, it was it was a great career moment for me. It was an incredible experience. I'm very I can't happy. wait for I cannot wait for Julia, you, the directors, and the entire team and, and FSP class to to really have a moment like that in just a couple of weeks. I know. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be worth it. I cannot even believe it. But I love that you tied in all of those experiences that you had in college and kind of how you adapted those and use those lessons into the industry now. I think that makes everybody really hopeful knowing that even the smallest tasks, maybe like the most annoying things that you might do now, they're all going to pay off in the end because you're going to know how to do those things when you get thrown into new situations in the industry. You knew exactly what to do. So I think that's awesome that you, you kind of tied those two things back together. But when it comes to discussing all of like these incredible career wins that you've both experienced, I'm sure the times that conditions may not have been as ideal Mm -hmm. makes you appreciate them more. 
So it wouldn't be fair to only discuss the positives today, unfortunately, because I truly believe that every quote unquote bad moment can turn into a lesson learned. And sometimes the best way to learn is by doing. Working in fashion and public relations, as you both know so well, can lead to some very high stress situations. And as we know, these industries are fast paced and ever changing. So you're constantly on the go and you're constantly moving. When would you say was a time you felt under a lot of pressure and maybe had to learn a bit on the job? And how did you overcome the challenge? Ashley, how about you start us off? (laughs) I'd say the first thing that comes to mind off the top of my head, if I think of pressure, is probably the challenges you're facing right now, Julia, and amongst your other directors in the class. As we talked about before, I was once in Julia's position as the communications director of the Silver Needle Runway, and it brought the highest of highs for my college career. And it was such an honor to have that role. But with that honor came a lot of responsibility. And I think it was an experience where the pressures were very unique. I think as the director of a college fashion show and a college class, I think you're caught between being a mentor and a teacher and having to lead a whole class, but also having that student role and also being a learner and having to still work with a teacher while also being so independent and feeling like you are almost the teacher's assistant of the class. So I think SNR can be a real mind trip because you feel like you're almost stuck between being an adult and a child, a mentor, and also a student. And I think it's very, it's, it can be very hard. And there's a lot of pressure and challenges that come along with it. I don't have to explain them all to you guys, you know, you know best. But yeah, so I think to this day, I still remind myself the biggest lesson that I learned in SNR. And I, as I went through the process as a communications director, I kept just being like, focus on the show, focus on the show. And I still tell people in the class to this day, focus on the show. Um, translating from SNR terms to real life terms, that really means just, just focus on the big picture. Focus on what truly matters. Focus on the end of the result or the light at the end of the tunnel. I think it can be very easy in life, in college, in literally any phase of your life to get bogged down by the noise and the distractions, even more so in, you know, our socially connected worlds that us Gen Zers live in today. So, so glad to be in that world. But yeah, I think it's, it's very easy to get bogged down by the noise and by the distractions. But what truly matters most is, you know, ignoring all the noise, ignoring all the distractions and focusing on the end result. What truly matters in life, in your career, in the project at hand at this very moment, um, in the project you do in a month, what truly matters? What is the end result? And focus on that. You know, really, really have a laser focus on what matters most. Because if you don't have, have the laser focus on what matters most, you'll never get past the noise and the distractions and all the challenges along the way. Exactly. I could not agree more with you. I think that even just not necessarily being involved with SNR, maybe doing like multiple internships at a time or volunteering, and then also being a part of clubs and classes in college and things like that. Just juggling it all in college really is such a huge stressor. Is just it's like balancing it all is is a lot. But it, it again, it, like you said, it teaches you so much and how to kind of break down exactly what you have to get done. And like you said, see the big picture at the end, figure out exactly what you're working towards. And I love that you kind of verbalized all of those challenges, yeah. especially like that the SNR class experience is just being in such a hands-on experiential learning environment is it's a lot of pressure, but it definitely, like you said, is all worth it in the end. Yeah. And and I feel like being in the class, it's very easy 
to, you know, maybe three weeks away from the show, a month away from the show, be so bogged down by all of the craziness. And this person's asking me for this and, you know, all the distractions, but you're going to look back one day and you're going to say, this is such a blessing because it prepared me to really take anything on and 100% be a multitasker because in life, you're always going to have to balance something, right? It's not always going to be SNR and your boyfriend and your friends and your internships, but it's going to be something and something and something else. So I think it really does teach you how to, how to balance it all. Not perfectly, but the best you can. Absolutely. Yeah. And Erica, what about you? I mean, I would just honestly echo everything that Ash just said about SNR. I think another aspect of it is sort of the internal pressure that you put on yourself. You know, being a part of a class like fashion show production and producing an event like the Silver Needle Runway that's been going on for more than 30 years now, it's, you're, you're part of a legacy. And I think it's always the first day of class. JM always talks about previous directors and where they are now and what companies they're at. And I mean, I even remember my, my first day in the class as a sophomore. I remember calling my mom after and being like, the professor was talking about all of these amazing people. And I want to be that one day. I'm going to be director. Like I knew, I knew from the second I came into that class that that was the end goal. And I think that once you're in that, again, position of leadership, it, there's there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of expectations because we're trying to produce this incredible show. We're also trying to innovate into being a, a brand as well. We're not just, you know, a fashion show. That was a huge thing that my time during SNR, both as director, when I was Ash's assistant and my first year in the class, you know, that was what we were moving towards. So I think it's, it's constantly outdoing ourselves and, you know, how, how can we make this more elevated? How can we bring it to the next level? I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of expectations. And I think that sometimes those expectations can really get to you and say, you know, the, the imposter syndrome kicks in and you're like, am, am I meant to be doing this? Am I the person who's supposed to be, you know, leading the charge yes. with my fellow directors? And I think that just kind of how the industry is, you know, we're in such a fast paced industry being fashion and public relations. And there's so much going on and constantly your, your clients or, you know, the brand that you're working for, they're always going to ask, how can we outdo our competitors? How can we elevate our brand and how can we get in vogue? That's always the big, the big thing vogue. is PR. How are we going to get in vogue? But, you know, I think that it's all again, kind of like Ash said, just, just managing, you know, your time and the importance of planning and, you know, being a great communicator, all of those things kind of come together. And also just like, I think a lot of people always forget to just have fun. Like yeah. laugh, laugh. Like there's sometimes at work where I was like, I didn't go, Today was one of those days where it was a little crazy. I'm like, I didn't go an hour without laughing, even though it was so crazy yeah. and so hard, like laugh and smile through it and have fun and surround yourself with, with people, outlets, activities, and things outside of that stressor. I think that's very important to really like have the outlets, whether that's people, places, or things, have the, that outlet to really escape, escape the stressor. And again, like it's our career and we're all very career-driven people, but at the end of the day, you have to remind yourself it's a job. It's a job. It's a job. And my boss said that to me today, to be exact. It's, yep. She says, it's a job. She said to me, actually, it's a job. No one on this earth gets paid enough to cry at their job. Like, no one gets paid enough to be that stressed about their job. You can care. You can care so much, but you can't let things get to you 
you know, and I'm still working on that every single day and I probably still will until I retire. <laughs> no, that's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's so true. And I think that even when I was graduating college, I was just expecting, you know, my job, my career to be the one source of fulfillment and it can't be. It, it can't, can't be. be because there's, there's way too many stressful situations that you're going to find yourself in work. And, and again, it's like, you have to have, you know, take, take a walk. It's finally beautiful outside New York city. Like I, sometimes I'm just like, I got to get away from this. I have to step away from a client crisis. Like some things, things yeah. are happening at the end of the world. Go take a walk, go outside, yeah. fresh dance, air. dance, dance, dance it out. <laughs> Always. Always. Dance. I think that is just fantastic advice. And I love that you both touched on SNR because that kind of leads me into my next topic. Like Erica said, you both were really evolving the class, not just into the fashion show that we produce every single year, but also into this multimedia brand that does things like a newsletter and a podcast. And this year we're hosting so many different events, just like we did with SNR 34 and 35. And you guys all did that in the midst of a pandemic. Um, <laughs> we did. Let's not forget that. Um, <laughs> so I would love to kind of talk about how overcoming that major setback that nobody planned for, literally ever, set you <laughs> both up for the future challenges that you've encountered within your respective industries. Ashley, let's start with you. Since yeah, of course. Really, it really hit you hard. <laughs> yeah. So as you said, I was the communications director of SNR when, when COVID hit and when COVID grew and when COVID became what we never thought it'd become. And when it ultimately, you know, stopped the show or the physical show, but also I had to look back and be like, no, it didn't just stop the physical show, but it kind of made the virtual show blossom. And it, that's when the virtual show was really born. And, you know, the virtual, the concept of, of virtual everything in life. So it really was a blessing in disguise. And on that note, I think, being the director during COVID-19, I think it taught me to roll with the punches and to go with the flow sometimes, which is something that my entire life, um, I've always been a planner, very type A person. I think going with the flow and rolling with the punches was never on my uh, strengths list. You know, it was always like, no, I'll work on that at some point. I'll work on that, you know, in therapy when I'm 15 now. <laughs> but I think it really, the challenge taught me to go with the flow, to roll with the punches. And I think it also humbled and matured me beyond my years, as well as everyone in the class. I feel like everyone, you know, graduated with an even more mature mindset than we would have had if we had a physical show. In that way, I think it humbled and matured me because it taught me that not everything is going to go the way I perfectly planned it in my head. And even more so, I'm going to face challenges I never thought I would face in, in a setting that I thought would be perfect and that I thought would be my creative outlet and something that's really positive. So yeah, I think it, I think overall it humbled me and matured me and it taught me that I cannot always be a planner with everything, which is good because every single day in a corporate setting, in any work setting, things are not going to go as planned. By the hour, things change in, in my corporate setting today. So I think SNR taught me that. Definitely on a more dramatic scale, but thank God it did because I'm the, I'm the person I am today and I'm, I'm learning every day to go with the flow. But I think SNR taught me to, to be that type of person and it really it catapulted that skill that I now would call a strength. It was on my weaknesses list and now I would call it a strength of mine. That's because of SNR. Absolutely. I, yeah. 
we just had Callie on the last episode and she said something very similar to you as that things are just not always going to go your way. And sometimes you accept that. And I think that although COVID was such a bad thing to happen to like not only shut down our show, but shut down the world completely for so long, although that that was so bad it really helped our show evolve, like you said, and and really blossom in new ways and in the digital sense. And Erica kind of led that on with SNR 35. And although you experience almost the tail end of it at Marist, I would say, how would you say that this setback helped you with future challenges? I mean, I think that SNR 35 was probably the biggest challenge that I had to face up to that up to that point. I think there were a lot of high expectations of us, not only from the usual year over year elevation of the of the production and the project, but it also ended up being because of the cancellation of the in-person show for SNR 34. It was the first time that we would be producing a show on Mayor's grounds and in a pandemic. So we had to ensure that, you know, that all of the New York State guidelines for COVID were being adhered to, as well as the college policies in, you know, in very evolving circumstances and a situation that even a year into the pandemic, we, we didn't really know. And I think that there were just a lot of expectations on, you know, still holding on to the traditional aspect of SNR and being able to create an in-person show, which had all of those limitations that I kind of just mentioned, but also furthering ourselves into this virtual world and engaging people in the industry and people outside of the Marist College community who weren't going to be able to access that in-person show with, with the SNR brand. And, you know, that came with the virtual show, that came with the lookbook, that came with the newsletter, the podcast. I'm probably missing a million and one things that we did, but it, it was really, you know, my incredible co-directors that that made it all possible and our you know tenacity in in wanting to make it all work and make it the best possible work that that we had done up to that point but I think today COVID is obviously still an obstacle in our world and especially in our industry and I think you know kind of echoing what Ash said rarely in your life in your career will things go you know perfectly according to plan but it's really about how you face the challenge and mm-hmm. how you pivot that really, really counts. And in public relations, it's all about shifting and pivoting, whether it's with our media strategy, the message we're trying to convey, who we partner with. It's it's all about, you know, that that constant movement and that constant change. And I think that change used to always scare me. And I think that it's it's something that you kind of you have to embrace, you know, whether it's with SNR or it's in your industry, in your job, in your career, in your life. And I think, you know, like SNR, so much of the PR industry is about innovating and, and finding new ways to push your clients to to the forefront in quite saturated industries. So, you know, it's it's all about pivoting. It's all about, you know, what are we going to do that's going to push the envelope for our brand, but also, you know, for the industry. Everybody loves to be the first. I mean, SNR was the first virtual fashion show, essentially, you know, in COVID, but that still holds truth. Brands want to be the first to do everything. I think Erica can agree with this too. I think producing a show in a pandemic, whether it was the beginning of the pandemic or in the midst of it, like you and Erica had to face, I think it definitely teaches you like how far passion goes. 
Because if you're not passionate about what you're doing, whether it's your career or your side hustle or your hobby or, you know, the school you go to, like, you're going to give up very easily. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was literally going to say that. Sorry. Great minds. They think alike, I swear. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) But Erica, I love that you bring up the topic of change and how change can be so scary. Again, like things like that is really just like what propels us forward, not only as working in brands, but also just like as human beings in general. But as we've learned today throughout our careers, pretty much from the get-go, we experience various highs and lows. The highs we've learned can be really incredible and you almost feel like you're on top of the world. But sometimes the lows feel like everything is falling apart around you at once. Regardless, it's important to keep on pushing and keep moving forward as I've learned so very well from you both. So if you could give one piece of advice to industry newcomers about overcoming obstacles, what would it be? Erica, let's start with you. I always go back to, and this is something that I'm still learning, um, but I always go back to, you don't have to have it all figured out as a 20 something year old. Quite frankly, you're, you're not going to have it all figured out as well as Maris Fashion and SNR does prepare their students for the real world, you know, with these incredible on-campus opportunities. There's so much to learn once, once you're actually working in the industry and to kind of circle back to what Ash was saying in the beginning of the podcast and kind of you know, connecting and leaning on not just people who maybe alumni who've already been, you know, in the industry for a couple of years, but also the people that are in the same position as you. The, the Maris fashion community is so, so incredible. And I even remember after graduating, connecting with so many alumni across the board, whether they've been out of college for two years, five years, 10 years. And it's, it's, it's amazing to have that professional support system, but I think that I've honestly learned the most from my peers who are going through the same thing. And I would also say, if you're lucky and you have really great coworkers and supervisors in your company who have been in the industry for a while, you know, pay attention to them, learn from them, ask questions, connect with them, because they're going to be such an invaluable resource. It's that curiosity that of you know how things work whether you're, you know, at a huge company like Saks or this small boutique PR agency that I'm at, there's, there's just so much that you can learn. Absolutely. I love that. It really is like all about asking questions and trying to like absorb as much knowledge as you can. That's something I always tell people is to learn as much as you can about all different things. Don't just stay like on one straight and narrow path. It's important to kind of veer off in different ways. And again, that's something I learned from both of you guys. It's a humbling experience <laughs> in, in the industry, you know, coming off of something like SNR mm-hmm. and thinking like, wow, like I had this amazing experience. I learned so much and all this. And then it's kind of like you're hit with reality. Yeah. Um, you start from the beginning again and you have to yep. back up. Mm-hmm. But it definitely, I'm sure again, that teaches you so much as well, but it's also I don't necessarily know what that feels like yet because, you know, I'm at this higher position now and I'm like in charge of people and delegating tasks and things like that. But and as you should enjoy it's it, definitely yeah. something I'm going to be experiencing <laughs> very soon. <laughs> For sure. And I feel like on the same note as you guys, my one piece of advice really ties back to what both of you are saying. I'd say absorb. If you're going to remember one word out of my mouth from this podcast, it's absorb. Absorb it all. You know, it took me 
a while, a while, and I'm still learning the gift that feedback and constructive criticism is. And when I say gift, I mean gift. I mean, it makes you so much better as a person inside and outside of work. Um, so yeah, I'd say absorb everything that your future bosses, your future peers, as well as your direct reports and people who may fall below you on the corporate scale, absorb everything that everyone around you has to offer in the workplace and out of it, the good and the bad. And as my mom says, you don't always have to take all the advice people give you, but I'd say give yourself the chance to absorb it and, and really take it all in and then figure out, you know, filter through and figure out what works for you. And oh, okay, I like that piece of advice or that's maybe not for me. And I'm going to learn what not to do from someone, but absorb all of it. Cause I think that's, that's going to teach you a lot is, is the perspective that people have and the different challenges that people have gone through and um, how they've reacted to those challenges. So I'd say absorb, absorb. Absolutely. And I think the advice that you both gave today is a great way to kind of close out our conversation, but we aren't quite done yet. I want to end this episode today with something I like to call the daydream deep dive. So when we were young, we were always asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, this is a very overwhelming question, especially when we're asked this in a kindergarten class, because that's pretty much when we start getting asked this question. And some people say princess or astronaut. On the first episode, Barb said Hannah Montana. So the possibilities are pretty much endless here. We've also seen that this dream of when we were young, what we wanted to be when we grow up evolves in more ways than one. For example, I wanted to be a fashion designer growing up. And then I realized I had no artistic talent. So I kind of gave up on that dream, but I still ended up in fashion. So I'm going to ask you these questions, rapid fire style. So say the first thing that comes to mind, Erica, do you want to kick us off? Sure. All right. What did you want to be when you grew up? I think aside from wanting to be a ballerina in the New York City Ballet or Rocket, which is funny because if anyone knows me, they know that I'm hardly five feet. In the third grade, actually, I, I visited Maris because my older cousin went there and her roommate at the time was a fashion merchandising major. And I just I vividly remember being in their their champ dorm and looking at her, her textile book and the other projects that I would end up doing so many years later and her telling me that she interned with Juicy Couture and Chanel and walking through the old Donnelly fashion hallway. And I just remember being like, this is what I want to do. And I remember from like third grade on, I would tell people, I'm going to Maris, I'm going to do fashion merchandising. Did not know what that meant at all. Besides like that very small exposure that I had all those years ago. I and mean, it's very strange because it kind of did end up happening in a way. I did go to school at Marist. I, I, my degree is in fashion merchandising, although that's not exactly what I do today, but I think it's, it's really funny. I honestly think I manifested that when I was like nine years old. <laughs> the power of manifestation is, is quite wild. Yes. And you kind of described the evolution of this already. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you now what your current daydream is. Yeah. So I honestly, and this is completely not career related, but my current daydream is the summertime. I'm excited to, and those who know me know I love Bravo, uh, Bravo TV. And I guess I'm excited to live my summer house life where I'm working in the city during the week and then going home to my quaint little beach town in Connecticut to be with my friends and family and just really do all the, the fun things that come with, with the summertime. So I would say that's my current daydream. That's so exciting. 
sometimes it really is just like the little things that make us so happy and and that we're always daydreaming about yes Ashley are you ready I'm ready all right what did you want to be when you grew up actress it was always 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 actress until reality hit and um it was time for college applications (laughs) and describe the evolution of this as you grew up Oh gosh. So I actually will say I wrote my Marist College essay about my dream of being an actress and the evolution of it, which is kind of crazy to think about um, because it all ties back to, to what you're asking me. So it's, it's, it's really cool to be like, okay, I still feel like the evolution ties back to today. But yeah, so it was always, always actress until reality hit me hard. And I realized that acting wasn't the easiest of careers to maintain and grow and, you know, Rich actresses don't don't come in thousands, even though social media makes it look like it. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I feel like I end up choosing fashion because it allowed me to be just as loud, just as proud, just as bold, and especially just as theatrical as the entertainment industry would ever let me be. So I feel like I'm the same person and acting out the same you know, dream I had today, but just in a different sense. I'm playing into all my favorite parts of myself, which is really important to me. Awesome. And what would you say your current daydream is? This is a hard one to think about because in our day-to-day lives, we don't really get to ponder a lot, but I would say to learn how to put myself first, meaning like I really feel like I poured a lot into the, the beginning of my retail career, never mind the many internships I had in college. And I'm always going at such a rapid pace um, as a person. So my dream is to really, this year, it was actually one of my New Year's resolutions is to find either creative outlet or whether it's getting back into acting in a way or voice acting or something that's creative um, that doesn't necessarily have to produce money or anything monetary for me. But yeah, learning how to put myself first and finding creative outlets that are going to help me put myself first. So yeah, that's my, my current dream. And it's a dream because it's not that easy for me to, to give up work in any way, sense or form, but I'm going to try my best. That's awesome. And I wish you the best of luck finding whatever <laughs> creative outlet makes you the happiest. Voice like acting says, is a great idea, Ash. You should do that it. That is a great idea. You have such a good voice. Perfect so. for it. <laughs> and you know, someone, told me, someone told me a couple of weeks ago, you should be a voice actor. I was like, well, I've been looking for something to do. Well, honestly, um, I can't wait to see what movie you're voice acting in next year after you've said this today. <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being here today. It was so great catching up with you guys. And as always, I learned so much from you again. And I know our listeners learned so much from you today as well. So thank you. Thank you for having us. I feel like I've, I've learned so much from Erica and you today. Um, and I'm so, so grateful for not only us and our, but um, just you guys and our friendship and the connection we'll always have forever just because of that class. So thank you, FSP. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Everything that Ash just said, like, and more, every time I hear Ashley speak, I'm always learning so much. I'm taking so many like mental notes right now, but <laughs> as well as Julia, as well, you're doing an amazing, amazing job. I'm so proud of you. So proud. Thank you. Keep killing it. See you guys on show day. See you on show day. Show day. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to our episode. I hope you're all a little bit closer to chasing your daydream. If you like this episode, please be sure to leave us a five-star review, follow our page, and follow at Silver Needle Runway on all of our platforms for Daydreamers podcast updates. Talk to you all soon.